I'm Michelle, certified personal trainer and certified nutrition coach. And I'm Marissa, and I'm a certified nutrition coach and group fitness instructor. And this is the Strong and Simple Podcast. We're tackling the latest fads, trends, and hot topics in the nutrition, wellness, and fitness industries using science and conversation to bust myths and give you the information you need to navigate the bullshit. Tune in for your twice a week truth bombs every Tuesday and Friday. We, Michelle Farrell and Marissa Zabo of the Strong and Simple Podcast, reside on Pawtucket land. We acknowledge the land and the Pawtucket people, as well as the land and the people of the many Native nations of whom the land belongs. To respect and honor them and their land, as well as to be mindful of the harm colonialism has and continues to do on the Indigenous people of the United States and the world. This land acknowledgement is our commitment to support Indigenous peoples and their voices in the struggle against systemic oppression and for human rights, as well as to push against the canceling and erasure of their history, their stories, their culture, and their present. We encourage you to visit native-land.ca to discover whose land you are residing on, as well as ways to support Indigenous folks. Hello and welcome back to the Strong and Simple podcast. This is your co-host Marissa and I am here this week to bring you another mini-sode. And this week our focus is going to be on superfoods. So obviously, you know, I'm pretty sure this is a term that pretty much everybody listening to this is probably familiar with. I'm sure you've heard it at some point or another. And it kind of seems like every year there's a new superfood, right? It's like there's like a superfood committee that gets together and then they pick which fruit or vegetable gets its turn this year to be the, the superfood of the year. Um, when you think about it, I think, you know, blueberries have been superfoods, kale, cauliflower, I think Brussels sprouts have made the superfood list at one point or another. Um, so it's something that definitely changes. And so the question is like how how seriously should you take this, right? Should you rush out and buy X superfood, even if it's something that you normally wouldn't buy or you don't like? Um, are these superfoods really as incredibly wonderful for us and our health as we've been led to believe? Um, or is it just marketing? So why don't we start with like how superfood even made it into our lexicon? Like where did superfoods come from? What, what was the first superfood? So here's some useless trivia information. And once you learn this, this is gonna be part of your brain that you can never get back to use for anything useful. Um, so I apologize for that, but that's the way my life is. So now you're on this road with me with just being a fountain of, use, fountain of useless information. Um, but maybe someday it'll be a Jeopardy question and you'll win thousands of dollars. Um, so the first superfood was actually the banana, which might be surprising to some of you, um, given how the diet industry really loves to vilify bananas, because uh, God forbid they have sugar in them, um, as does all fruit and all vegetables. But that's besides the point. So the banana was the first superfood. And the banana got the illustrious title superfood during World War One when the United Fruit Company was trying to promote it because it was its major import and they wanted to sell more bananas. And so they, they started marketing it as this superfood. And 
What's interesting and kind of a contrast, I think, to the way that we think about superfoods today is that their utilization of the term superfood wasn't so much concerned with how nutritionally virtuous the banana was, but rather more so how convenient the banana was. So the marketing really focused more on the fact that the banana was a easily digestible source of nutrition. It was relatively cheap and easy to come by and it came with its own wrapper. So it was very conveniently portable. So that was really why the United Fruit Company started saying, hey, banana, it's a superfood. It's convenient and it's nutritious. So that was the first time Americans started seeing this word superfood being used. And it didn't take very long, actually later on in that same era, the term superfood was actually picked up by the medical community and started to be used in medical journal articles, specifically talking about the banana as a potential cure or treatment for celiac and diabetes, which obviously we now know is not a thing. Bananas don't treat either of those things. Um, but that was one of the theories that they were working on back then. Um, and so from then on out, really superfood became part of our lexicon. And, you know, now we hear about it all the time, particularly it seems around the new year when there's a new superfood that, you know, gets, gets starts getting promoted. So we know that initially this started as a marketing term what about today? How much stock should we put in the term superfood? So first of all, we know that superfood is something that we typically see to describe um, fruits and vegetables, right? You don't really see like <laughs> beef, the superfood or, or anything along those lines, though it would be really, really funny if that were the case. Um, so it's typically fruits and vegetables. And really, if you look up the definition of superfood, it's really just any food that is very nutrient dense, which basically describes every fruit and every vegetable. Um, there's a saying that I use a lot when I'm talking with my clients. I'm sure I've said it on this podcast at some point or another. And that is that there is no single food that causes you to gain weight. There is no single food that is going to destroy your health or well-being. There is no single food that is going to undo or derail any of the hard work that you've done. And the flip side of that is there is no single food that is the key to unlocking better health. There is no single food that is the key to weight loss. There is no single food that is going to just, you know, fix everything. Um, but I think that that's what we're led to believe very often with the marketing around these superfoods is that, you know, eat kale, your health is going to improve exponentially. Uh, you should only eat blueberries. They're rich in antioxidants. The reality is blueberries are not better than kale. Kale is not better than cauliflower really what we're looking at here are fruits and vegetables that offer different nutrition to us but it's all equally valuable nutrition right plants have 
different vitamins, different minerals, different phytonutrients, and our body benefits from all of those things. So it's not about rushing out to eat the latest superfood or else your health will suffer. It's really about eating as much variety as you possibly can. That is really what the key to promoting health through nutrition is. I'm not saying, you know, that nutrition is the key to all health, that all health problems come down to food. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is in order to make sure that you are making it as likely as possible that you are meeting your nutritional needs, you need to be eating a wide variety of foods, fruits, vegetables, nuts, beans, legumes, animal products, dairy products, what have you. Variety is going to be the key to making sure you're getting the large enough spectrum of fruits and vegetables. So you don't have to go out and force yourself to eat kale if you hate kale. You're not going to be missing out on, you know, some amazing health transformation. You don't have to go out and buy cauliflower if it doesn't fit in your budget. So you have to make a sacrifice elsewhere in order to be able to afford it. Eat as many different fruits and vegetables as you can that fit within your tastes and within your budget as well is really what is going to be more important than rushing out and buying the latest superfood. Now, I will say as a nutrition coach, one thing that I can appreciate from, you know, about using superfood as a marketing term is that it does get people to try fruits and vegetables that they might not have tried otherwise. And I think that's a really good thing because that right in and of itself is an opportunity to increase the variety in someone's diet. And it's also a way that could potentially get people to eat more fruits and vegetables. And as a nutrition coach, I'm never going to have a problem with that. Like, hell yeah, eat more plants. We all probably need to be eating more plants. Um, so I do think that that is a good thing that comes from using this. But I think that there's a flip side to it as there's a flip side with everything um, where we can kind of get into food shaming or nutrition shaming or whatever you want to call it, where, oh, you don't like kale. Well, don't you know that romaine isn't as nutritious as kale? You must not care enough about your health or, oh my gosh, you're not eating organic Brussels sprouts. Why even bother? Right? I think that there is the potential and I think that there are certain actors within the wellness community that use opportunities like this in order to shame folks for their food choices and manipulate using that information. So I think that is a problem that really needs to be talked about here and talk about the privilege that is inherent in following superfood trends, right? I mentioned with, you know, cauliflower, which tends to be on the higher end of things, at least where I live, um, in terms of how much it costs. It is a privilege to be able to eat a wide variety of fresh fruits and vegetables. It is a privilege to be able to go out and purchase the latest superfood. And I think that when we're talking about eating a wide variety of fruits and vegetables and, and talking about nutritional health, we have to recognize the privilege that is inherent in that. That is really, really important, especially when it comes down to, you know, trying to diet shame people for their food choices. It's about privilege and accessibility. That's super important. Um, the last thing that I wanna say, about superfoods, particularly 
as a marketing term is it works. <laughs> they, the foods that are dubbed the superfood for the year do see a significant increase in sales, not just the year that they're the superfood, but it does persist for several years later after their heyday of as superfood is over. So it's an effective marketing strategy. Um, will it continue to be so? I don't know. I'm not an economist. I took economics once and I think I lasted a month in that class before I dropped it <laughs> after meeting with the professor every day after class because I just didn't understand it. So, you know, I don't know if this is going to continue to be a marketing thing. And I think people are starting to catch on that it's a marketing thing, especially now that it has ruined it for everybody. Right. Um, but that's what you really need to know about superfoods, that they're not the key to unlocking anything. Um, it's great to eat them. It's great to eat any fruits and vegetables. Um, so don't feel like you are doing yourself or your health a disservice by not eating whatever the superfood of the day is. And keep in mind that really what it comes down to is how much variety can you fit into your diet? That's really going to have more of an impact on you than eating kale or cauliflower or whatever the superfood of the day is. This has been an episode of the Strong and Simple podcast. If you'd like to learn more about any of the topics we've discussed or about any of our guests, please make sure that you visit us on Instagram at Strong and Simple Podcast. And if there's ever any topics, questions, concerns, anything that you would like to suggest to us, please feel free to email us at strongandsimplepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. content of this podcast represents the views and opinions of Michelle Farrell, Marissa Zabo, and their guests, and is not intended to be individualized advice or recommendations. Nothing in this episode is to be construed as medical advice or to substitute for individualized fitness or nutrition advice. Always consult with the appropriate professional for your own needs.